1: I just play Doctor online, and at the start of this show, I want to make a couple of corrections, a couple of things I got wrong last week, or misspeakings last week, so I wanted to correct them right up at the top, so not to bury my corrections, I get them right up at the top of the show, because that's the kind of guy I am. Uh, Last week when I was talking about uh, George Jones and his uh, his, uh, song, Who's Gonna Fill Their Shoes, which is a song that's a... Tribute to the country legends, you know, the legends of country music, uh, the men. That was one of the points of, that I was making when I talked about it last week. Um, I I was listing through the um, the references that are being made in the song. It is, uh, George Jones doesn't come out and just say the names of every of every legend. He just sort of gives the Hints of who they are, but we know who he means. And I, uh, when he got to the uh, tearing up the fifties part, and he mentioned Old Jerry Lee and Charlie. Now, Old Jerry Lee is Jerry Lee Lewis, the Great Balls of Fire guy. He's known more for rock music, but he has some, you know, you know, some of his roots in country music too. So, and rock music has some of its roots in country music as well so it's just uh, the beginning rockabilly and that sort of stuff anyway so jerry lee lewis and the other fella charlie now that's charlie rich okay it's charlie rich and that's the mistake i made last week i said charlie pride When I was getting the show together, writing the stuff out, kind of of working out how I was going to say things, a little rehearsing a little bit here and there, and I do that over the course of the week, trying to figure out how I'm going to approach the show. And I kept telling myself, don't say Charlie Pride. Don't say Charlie Pride. Don't say Charlie Pride. And what did I do? I said Charlie Pride. I said it twice. Now, the other information that I gave, uh, you fine folks out there, about Charlie Rich, even though I gave him the wrong name, the other information I gave was true. Uh, it was accurate, at least as far as I could find, according to Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Um, he, uh, he, he put out his first record in 1960, but he was working with Sun Records, which is a recording studio in, in Tennessee, Sam Phillips runs it. It's a legendary recording studio, for, especially for the for country music in the early days of rock and roll. It's a sort of a combo kind of thing, and uh, yeah, I mean the, the stuff that Elvis Presley recorded there is really cool. It wasn't as uh, big hit type stuff, but it was really cool. It's mean, just some really cool stuff, and uh, uh, so anyway, so Charlie Rich worked there. Now Charlie Rich his uh his big hits came in the 70s. He had uh Behind Closed Doors and the other song uh, the other hit that he had which I think was a crossover hit into the pop charts was uh The Most Beautiful Girl. And so and he was known as the Silver Fox because at some point in his career his his hair started to go uh, white gray, you know that that silvery white gray. So he, he got that moniker, the Silver Fox, and all that. So that is who he's that Charlie in the song is referring to, not Charlie Pride, but Charlie Pride could have been listed in that song. He could have been the Charlie there because he can be considered a legend of country music. Uh, he certainly has uh, um, a. Uh, a singular distinction in being that he it was a black man he was black and there aren't a heck of a lot of of, of black artists in country music there aren't a lot and uh, Charlie was one of the he, he was he was rare and I don't I don't know why that is uh, you know the um, um, African American community isn't big in country music. I don't know. I don't know. It just country music isn't big on African Americans. Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. I'm sure they're fine. Uh, you know, you have. I, I I don't know. It's it's. I don't know why it doesn't. It, they it, they don't gravitate to it, but Charlie Pride did, and he was a, he was a good singer. Uh, he had a hit song. Um, I mean, it's his signature song was uh, "Kiss an Angel," "Good Morning," uh, which was a big hit for him. He was he was the Country Music Association um, Entertainer of the Year for 1971, so he was he was popular within country music. <clears throat> he was one of only three black members of the Grand Ole Opry. The other two is a fellow named or uh, someone named Deford Kelly, or I'm sorry, Deford Bailey, and uh, Darius. Darius, Darius Rucker, and Darius Rucker is Hootie, Hootie and Blowfish, Hootie, 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 sorry, <clears throat> there's a reason I do that, maybe I'll get into it, but, uh, so he, uh, he could have been referred to in that song, he could be the Charlie in, the, in that, except according to the sources that I could find, or the one source that I could find that was listing off who these song, uh, who these people were, it was Charlie Rich. And I don't, I don't know if uh, Charlie Pride's career goes back to the nineteen fifties. Uh, another thing of note about Charlie Pride, uh, he died last December, December twenty twenty. Uh, he was eighty six. He died of COVID. Yeah, died of COVID. <clears throat> so anyway, that was uh, I wanted to correct that. When I said last week Charlie Pride, he was really Charlie Rich. Although it could have been Charlie Pride because you know he, 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 his career is not something to shake a stick at. You know the other mistake I made in last week's show. I want to thank my friend Craig, friend of the show, who who, who did a little research for me. Didn't ask him to, but he did. He just was checking on something said so, well is he right on this because I was I was going from my memory going from uh, uh, my recollection of political speeches by presidents so I was talking about this whole God stuff this is the god 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 you know it seems like every presidential speech presidential speech has to end with God bless America, God bless our troops, God 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 you know it just has to be that way. I, I, don't, I don't know why that is, but it just seems to be that way. And I said, and I was just going from my memory. I said, yeah. I said, uh, you know, Nixon didn't do that. Gerald Ford didn't do that. Jimmy Carter didn't do that. You know, just just going from my memory. And 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 uh, so Craig, he went and he did a little research and he found an article uh, on theblaze.com, which I'll link to in the show notes. Go to dimland.com, click on the show notes. Uh, uh, option, and you'll get to it. And there's an article on The Blaze uh, by Billy uh, Hollowell, and it's about this, you know, God bless America in the presidential speeches. Uh, Apparently there was a couple of authors, uh, David uh, Domke and uh, Kevin Coe uh, wrote this book called The, The God Strategy. This was back in, I think, 2008 they wrote this book, or published the book. And they were looking into, you know, political leaders uh, making uh, uh, speeches and invoking their faith and God over the past seventy-five years, and what they found was uh, it was Nixon who started this "God Bless America" thing when Nixon was having his troubles with Watergate he made an address to the American people and asked them to pray for him through these difficult times that he was going through. And he, he, he ended it with the God Bless America thing, apparently. And um, what these two authors found when they were looking through uh, presidential addresses uh, from 1933 to 1981, they were looking through them. And they found that uh, 229 major presidential addresses were made only one had the God Bless America in it. And that was the Nixon speech that uh, was done in, um, I wrote it down here somewhere, in 1973, I believe it was, uh, that speech was done. And uh, yeah, uh, April 30th, 1973 was when he gave that speech, that address to the American people. He invoked you know, the God Bless America thing. So one of 229, now, there were references to god of course all along the presidents have always brought god into their speeches here and there so it's not like it's it wasn't it wasn't done at all it just this this ubiquitous end the speech with god bless america god bless our troops god 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 god, god. you know so it didn't didn't have that happening and richard nixon was the first one who did it And that was uh, again. They were checking the years from 1933 to 1981. Then in 1981, see now, this was lining up with my memory. Was that uh, I pinned it on? I don't think I said this last week, but I I was pinning the God Bless America thing on on Ronald Reagan, maybe, or at at at, at probably George W. Bush uh, after 9/11. Because it's like you know, because of this whole you know thing. 9/11, The 9/11, America, and our troops, and all the, you know, we did start to realize that we need to appreciate the men and women who serve the country. We started to feel that way uh, in the mid '80s when we were seeing movies like, like Platoon, and just saying, "Jesus, if this is what it was like, you know, we should be treating these guys like shit, <laughs> and we should be appreciative of what these men and women were willing to put themselves through in order to keep our country safe and our rights and all this kind of stuff." You know, you know. But uh, so it's, so these two authors they did they continued to look at stuff and they did say that Ronald Reagan got the ball rolling into a more ubiquitous nature of the God Bless America thing, and that started in 1981. And they looked from 1981 to two, 2009. So the book must have come out more more recently than 2008. So I, I I didn't write that down. I'm sorry, but I'll link to the article. You'll get to see it. Um, and so from, from, uh, from Reagan's inaugural address, his, his first inaugural speech, uh, to George W. Bush's last speech uh, in, in 20, uh, 2009, uh, 29 addresses, uh, 129 addresses were done, and 49 of those had the God Bless America in it. Now, that's not all of them. That's a small number. But since then... It's just been becoming more and more and more. It just has to be there. It's just it's like we just have to end the speech. That's how you end the speech. You know, like I end my show by saying "sleep with the lights off." Presidents gotta end their speech with "God bless America." That's just that's just how it is now, because we have to cater to the I don't know, to the people that are just thinking that uh, that they're being persecuted. <laughs> it's like really, you're being persecuted. You got you got every president now ending every speech with "God bless America." You're you're being persecuted, are you? Oh, there's a war on Christmas. Really, Christmas not being celebrated? Well, it's not being celebrated the way we like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Did you know that the the most common first name uh, of the presidents of the United States? is James. Did you know that? I'll run through the list. There was uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six Jameses. Well, five Jameses and one Jimmy. Uh, There was James Madison, James Monroe, James Polk, James Buchanan, uh, James Garfield, and James Earl Carter. Uh, James Polk, James K. Polk. I don't know why they... When I was looking at the list. They made sure to put the K in there, I, like there was another James Polk or something. But and then James Earl Carter, which we all took to calling him Jimmy. I mean, that's just what he went by. Um, so yeah, six Jameses were for the you know, the the first name of uh, presidents. I don't. I think the next closest would be John, with John Adams, John Quincy Adams, and John Kennedy. I think that's the next. Next closest. There's never been a David president. There's been no Dave as president. There's been uh, there's uh, there hasn't been a Doug. <laughs> there hasn't been a Mary or a Kathleen, huh? But there may be a Kamala someday. So, uh, but also here's a couple interesting notes about the Jameses. That have been been presidents. The second ever assassinated president, the second president to be assassinated, was James Garfield. First, of course, was Abraham Lincoln. James Garfield was the second. The second worst president in American history is James Buchanan. He was the president just prior to Abraham Lincoln. He said, "I don't have that Civil War on my watch." He was—he's the second worst president uh, that this country's ever had. I wonder if you can guess who I think the worst was. <clears throat> I won't say fearless loser. Anyways, um, so hey, that's my name. Yeah, I, I although I go by Jim. I prefer Jim. Yeah, so but but uh, but his name is my name too. Whenever we go out, the people always shout, "There goes." Jim! <laughs> Alright, I'm going to take my first break. Uh, I'll be back uh, shortly. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'll be right back.
0: Super true, beams are going to blind me, but I won't feel blue like I always do. Because somewhere in the crowd there's.
1: Station identification. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. Okay, I have something here. It's it's an EVP. I'm telling you, it's really something. Um, I need to call it up. I gotta tell you, this is uh, really shaking me. I need to play it for you. And, uh, well, I won't, uh, I won't prejudice your mind as to what you're going to hear. I won't prime the pump. Just have a listen. Get out! Did you hear it? Did you hear it? I, I, I think that was clear as day. I heard, well, I don't understand it, but it's, I heard bread trout. Clear as day. Whew, creepy. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio Network. you're listening to z talk radio the number one choice for music sports news and talk radio so keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com <laughs> And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ZTalkRadio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dim Fitzsimmons. I'm a little under the weather. Just a just a little. It's weird. It's it's a it's a weird thing. Um. Uh. It, it was uh, yesterday. Uh, uh, yesterday morning, I woke up. Uh, it was Thursday morning. I woke up with. Uh, you know, my sinuses all dried out. In fact, overnight during the night, I would wake. I woke up a couple times, and my sinuses would get that that dried out, uh, itchy feeling. Or it's I'm not sure exactly how to describe it. Um, they would get that that feeling, and that was usually that's usually the indicator to me that I'm going to get a cold. That you know when I feel that happening in the middle of the night, by the you know the next day at some point during the day. I'm gonna feel a, a cold's gonna come on. My nose is gonna start running. I'm gonna sneeze. I'm gonna coughing. I'll have headache, aches, and pains, and all the stuff that comes with a cold. And so I, I woke up the next morning. It's the sinuses are like that. I'm thinking, oh, great. And I'm trying to think. Well, where the hell? You know, we're trying to be careful, right? Where I'm wearing a mask. I'm doing this stuff. <laughs> and and then it's the way it's been. Uh, now for a year and a half. Whenever I get feeling like that. In fact, uh, March last year, March 2020, just a, a day after the Minnesota Skeptics met face to face for the last time before the pandemic shut stuff down. Uh, we are meeting again face to face, which may not continue in the colder months, depending on how the Delta goes and what's going to happen with uh, the, the 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 booster shot. Whether we're whether that's going to be approved for people. Uh, under the age of 65 you know what's going to go on there although i should call my doctor and ask hey uh, you know i got the high blood pressure is should i be getting the booster shot you know because it says 65 and older and those that might have conditions that would be um, you know like diabetes uh, asthma high blood pressure well i've got that you know should i be getting a booster i should call my doctor and find out so anyway, so now, you know, over the last hour, year and a half, any time you feel like you have a cold, where you're thinking, oh, phew, crap, is it the COVID? That that, that that first time I got sick, after the meetup, it was the same thing. It's the same thing that's going on now. It starts to feel like, you know, dried out sinuses. It feels like, oh, okay, I'll be getting cold. But the, it, it never quite comes on. And that's what it's doing now. It never quite comes on. It never becomes an actual, like my normal cold. Now, is this a. I'm changing, I'm getting older, and this is how colds are going to go for me now? I, I don't know. But, um, you know, so uh, back then, back in March, and I went on the Minnesota Skeptics page and I announced to them, I said, hey guys, I don't, I don't want to be an alarmist here, but I'm sick. I got something. You know, I don't have a fever. I'm not coughing. I don't have any trouble breathing. You know, these are the main symptoms that they say you should you should look for that you might have COVID. It's the same thing right now. I just have like a bit of a headache. My sinuses don't feel quite right. But otherwise, I don't know. I'm okay. I don't have a fever. I don't have any trouble breathing. I can still smell stuff. I can still taste stuff. It's it's, it's I don't, you know. But it's that—that's the thing now. That the last year and a half. I mean, we're all going to have some form of of post-traumatic stress disorder. We're all going to have some touch of it, from what we've been going through. It's just—it. At least I think I will. I think I—I I have. It's just like this. Just this is weird. You know, I, I get the sniffles or something. I get a little cold but whatever this is, and I think—is it the COVID? <laughs> so I check my temperature and I check my temperature and all that. So it's just, uh, and and then I think, well, where the hell did I get it? <laughs> you know, so and and then the way things are going, when we have, don't have people getting vaccinated, and we're not at the herd immunity, it's like, yeah, you know, it's 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 almost inevitable we're all going to get COVID at some point. It's like we're all, everybody's gotten a cold at some point, but maybe if booster shots start to become the thing that happens all the time you know every year you get a booster shot for covid you get along with your flu shot and you should be getting your flu shots do you get your flu shots you should be getting your flu shots don't tell me you don't get your flu shot get your flu shot why wouldn't you, do you, you know, so i mean i was i, I was I'll refer to the Skeptics Guide of the Universe they were talking about are we going to be able to avoid ever getting covid and and uh, you know cause like will it become endemic like the flu just something that we go through every year, and sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. And and Steve Novell, the host of the show, said, I haven't had the flu for 20 years. And he says, I get the flu shot every year, wash my hands, I'm careful. You know. And yeah, I haven't had the flu for a while. So, I don't know. It's just it's just weird. So I feel, I feel that little bit of under the weather. Just that little... i I don't know and i'm feeling better than i did yesterday and and it's probably you know tomorrow i will be better and it'll it'll be fine and and like i said i'm i'm uh, i haven't gotten the test although i you know maybe i should get a test at some point i don't know i don't think i've had covid and i don't think i have it now because again there's no fever i have no trouble breathing i'm not coughing i can still taste stuff i can still smell stuff so so let's you know and i'm getting better but <laughs> this still bothers me. All right, this is a warning to the sports ballers because I'm going to be talking sports. It's a warning to you guys. And it's it's kind of I suppose I could be seen as being a little bit of a broken record here, but I'm pretty sure I've told you guys over the of over the course of my doing the show over the years that. I hate the New York Yankees, right? I, I've told you that. I call them the hated Yankees, right? I've, I, I've told you that, right? And I have good reason to hate them. Um, I'm a Twins fan, the Minnesota Twins. That's our baseball team. Uh, I've been a fan of that team since since uh, since it was uh, since '86. I started really paying attention to the ball, to the team. Uh, my friend John got me into going to see games. You know, we'd be it'd be a Saturday night, and we didn't really have anything to do. And he'd say, "Hey, the Twins are in town. Let's go get some cheap seats and go watch a ball game." Okay. And then he would start to teach me the, you know, what I was watching, and give me the, let me know what's going on, and I get the rules, and I started paying attention, and I started enjoying the game, and I really do enjoy watching baseball, I really do. And in the twentieth, twenty-first century, the twenty-first century, the Minnesota Twins have been completely owned. By the New York Yankees. The record is astounding. I talked about it on a few shows ago where I found this out listening to a sports talk station where they were said like the, the, the number of times that the two teams have played each other. And it is, it, it's like, it's, it's huge. It's like a hundred and something wins for the Yankees and maybe 30 something wins for the Twins. And all the times they've met each other in the 20th, 21st century. It's just, it's insane. So this year, this August, this past August, there was a four-game series scheduled for the Twins to go to New York City and get swept by the New York Yankees. It was. It was set, I, I called it before the series. I said, "Oh, I see the hated Yankees are going to be sweeping the Twins this week." And before the series even started, I went on Facebook and I said it. Boom. Put it there. Now, the Yankees only won th- three games that series. They only won three games. However, the reason they only won four game, three games that season or that, that series instead of four games is because the fourth game was postponed because of Hurricane Ida, postponed to be made up some uh, at a later date. And that later date was this past Monday. It was a day game. And before that day, on Sunday, I texted, "Oh, I see the Yankees are go- the hated Yankees. Sorry, I gotta get their name right. The hated Yankees are going to complete their sweep against the Twins tomorrow." Words to that effect. I put it on the Facebook. It was there, predicted it. So Monday rolls around. It's a day game. I'm at work, and I i forgotten that the game was on, and I got a text. From my friend Michael, out in California. Michael sends me this text, and it reads, "Twins five. Hated Yankees. Nothing. What the what?" And so I, 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 I open up my uh, Major League Baseball app on here, and I look, and I see that indeed he's got it right. There, it's five to nothing in the fourth or fifth inning in the game. Again, I'd forgotten it was going on. I saw that I said, wow. Huh, look at that. And my response to his text was, wow. But then I said, plenty of time for them to lose, them being the twins. And then it's, that was at uh, 2.36 at p.m. when I got the message from, from Michael and I responded. At 3.50 p.m., that's uh, central time. Uh, this is in the late innings of the game. I said to Michael, I texted him, I said, Hey, the Yankees got the Twins right where they want them. And he responded, Oh, ye of little faith. You see, by that point in the game, uh, the Yankees had gotten a couple of runs. So the score was 5 to 2. It was in the bottom of the eighth. And I was listening to the game. I heard, I was. I put it on the radio. I was listening. And I heard the Yankees score their couple of runs. I went and picked up Amy from work. I'm listening to the game. And I'm driving back to work listening to the game. And uh, I, I get Amy home. And I, I get back to the office. And I te- that's when I texted the, to Michael that the hated Yankees have the twins right where they want them. And Because uh, yeah, I know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know, but I'm sure what's going to happen. The Yankees are just going to score. They're just going to tie it up. They're just going to score. It's going to happen. They're just going to... It's it's going to happen. Michael says, "Oh ye of little faith. Right? Puts that back. After he texted me that, listening on to the game, uh, there were two men out. The Yankees had two outs. And uh, I can't remember who the batter was. He had... uh, Three balls, two strikes on them. And the Twins pitcher, I think it was Duffy, throws a pitch, and I'm i am listening on the radio. So I go by the guys calling the radio. And true, they're the home team guys. So they're going to be a little bit homer about them. They're going to be a little more biased toward the home team. But, you know, this pitch comes in that was called ball four. And the two the guys called the game is a... Dan Gladden's one of them. He's the former former Twins player. Played on the two Twins teams that won the World Series uh, in '87 and then in '91. He played on those teams, and he's a pretty even-handed guy. He's a Twins fan. He roots for the Twins, but he's a pretty even-handed guy when he call when he does the stuff. I, Corey Probus, I think, is the guy that does the the other guy that calls the games, and the two of them absolutely agreed. Looking at the replay, that was a strike. You know that was a strike. But it was called a ball, four balls. You you get to the player the guy gets to get on base. So there's two Yankees on base, two out. Okay? Aaron Judge, the big power hitter guy, comes to the plate. What do you suppose happened? He had a home run. Game's tied. So Michael says to me, Oh ye of little faith. My next text to him, ahem. Tied. He says, I see 5-2. He sees that as the score. Now he's looking on his app. I'm listening on the radio. And then, then he's, the delay, he says, oh, the delay. And I tell him, umpire's strike zone is the size of a postage stamp for the twins. So he sees it's been, a, Michael sees the delay. He says, you're right, tied. And I wrote to him, not for long. And, and then I said, and this is me being absolutely pessimistic, because this is at 4.20 p.m. on Monday. I texted this. Twins need to be up by at least 10 runs in the ninth to have a slim chance of beating the hated Yankees. 21 minutes later, I texted Michael. Sweep completed. The game had gone into extra innings. Twins did not score in the top of the tenth. Yankees scored. Hated Yankees scored in the bottom of the tenth. They win the game. The sweep that was put on hold from last August was completed. Twins lose again to the hated Yankees. And and Michael just said, just says, wow. (laughs) And I, I, you know. It's weird. It's just weird. I talked to my friend Dave. Dave says, "You know, he says, I got this idea that the that the hated Yankees in the locker room before each game they play against the Twins they take one a single six-sided die and they toss and they throw it and whatever number comes up that's the number of runs the Yankees will let the Twins get ahead of them before they come and win the game." But that's not how it worked out in this in this four-game series that had the delayed sweep. The first three games, the Twins were down by six runs early on in the game, each time. There's no way in, and, and they just get, they can't win. The Twins have beat the Tampa Bay Rays, who have a better record than the, the Yankees. They're going to win the division that they're in with the Yankees, the, the American League East. They're gonna The Tampa Bay Rays are going to win that division. The Yankees, the best they can hope for, is to get a wild card spot. The Twins have beaten the Boston Red Sox. Now they're not fantastic this year, but they're pretty good. They're not doing so bad, you know. The Twins have beaten the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros, I think, are going to win their division. Uh, I think I think they're leading uh, the uh, um, the American League West, and you know, the Twins have beaten them. The twins have beaten good teams, even though they suck this year, the twins they're not they're just they're just something weird has happened on who knows what. but they can't beat the Yankees. They just can't beat them. Do you wonder why I hate the Yankees? <laughs> Tom Kelly, the manager who managed the twins to two World Series championships after the twins had lost in the in the playoffs and and they they have lost 18 games in a row in the playoffs since i don't know what year 2004 or something like that 18 games in a row in the playoffs it's 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 astounding but at some point in there and most of them were to the hated yankees but at some point in there after losing to the hated yankees local radio guys asked tom kelly what do the twins have to do? do in order to beat the Yankees in the playoffs. And Tom Kelly said they have to beat the Yankees in the regular season. They have to start beating them in the regular season. And they haven't done it yet. It's just it's astounding. Do you know who the the Washington Generals are? Do you know that team? The Washington Generals are an exhibition team. It's a basketball team. Do you know who they play? As far as I know, it's the only team they play. They play the Harlem Globetrotters. The Harlem Globetrotters, you know, they're they're you know they're excellent athletes, and but they put on a show, and they do all their antics and all that stuff. And the team they play in this game that they put on, which is a show for the ice, the team the team they play is the Washington Generals. I don't know if the Washington Generals have ever beaten the Harlem Globetrotters. They're not supposed to. But the twins are almost like the 21st century twins are almost like the Washington Generals when it comes to the New York Yankees. It's just unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. All right, I've gotten to uh, gotten to well into uh, getting to my next break, so let's do it. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ZTalkRadio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Jim Simmons. <sighs> I'll be back. Still love the twins, though. Glutton for punishment, I guess. The station that beats all the competition. competition. And we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. (laughs) I'm Mick West. In my podcast, Tales from the Rabbit Hole, I have extended conversations with people who have been involved in conspiracy culture. I do this for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because it's really interesting. These people have great stories about how they fell down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole, what they did down there, and what it was that helped them out. Sometimes I also talk to people who investigate conspiracy theories, and they have equally fascinating stories from the other side. Secondly, I want to understand how best to prevent the spread of conspiracy theories and misinformation, which is an increasing problem in a time when alternative media is exploding. The best way to do this is to communicate effectively with the people involved, and the best way to do that is with a nice long chat. Check it out. Tales from the Rabbit Hole. TFTRH.com
0: He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Getting some z's. Mm-hmm. Getting some z's. Mm-hmm. Getting some z's. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Listen to Z Talk Radio on ZTalkRadio.com. Thank you.
1: welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host Jim Doctor Dimford Simmons. Okay, um, let's do uh, let's do uh, let's do one of these. Okay, yeah, here we go.
0: another Dinland Radio pedantic moment. What did they get wrong this time, Dim?
1: Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what they got wrong, and I'll tell you who got it wrong. Uh, I was at the uh, uh, meet-up with the skeptics uh, last week, or whatever it was. Week before. And uh, and as I said, it mm, might be the last... uh, Next month might be the last face-to-face meetup that we'll do, because you know, November is going to get cold. We've been able to sit outside over the summer, and October we might still be able to manage it, but it's going to start getting cold. Winter's coming. It's going to happen. It's going to be wonderful. <sighs> anyway, um, so we yeah, we're, we're met up. We're talking about things, and uh, one of the uh, skeptics told us about uh, their dad, uh, heard from their sister, say that uh, dad had uh, finally taken down the uh, Trump sign from the yard. Uh, the, the, you know, the dad is a uh, Trump supporter. He's a Trumper, Trump supporter, and they had the sign out in the yard for quite a while. And, uh, and uh, uh, the sister told uh, our, our one of our skeptics uh, that their dad. Had taken the sign out. And uh, the thing is. he uh, The dad replaced it. With a different sign. A sign that says Joe and the hoe. Gotta go. Classy. Oh that's classy. It's. It's sexist. It's racist. Come on. How is it not? You know, it's just it's it's just it's just so classy. It's just so classy. And 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 I've seen the sign, or I've seen variations of it, uh, flags and T-shirts and all that. And it's it's they take off the design, you know, with the Joe Biden sign, the campaign signs with it's got the J O and the E. Is uh, uh, three red stripes going horizontally? You know, reads as the E, and there's a blue patch, so you get red, white, and blue. You know, with Joe and white letters, and this, you know, with a blue kind of background thing. So it reads Joe, and uh, you know, it's, so it's a takeoff on that. The designs are done well enough, uh, still racist and sexist, but they're done well enough. But you know, of course, Kamala Harris is, you know, she's a woman, so of course she's, you know, ho. Yeah, you know, calling her a whore, that's, that's you know, that's the way to go. That's the way to stay classy. <laughs> you know, we had a first lady that had nude photos from her past. She was a model. She had nude photos from her past. Not just her posing nude, just but her posing nude with another woman in, you know, in suggestive positioning Meaning, you know, that they're having enjoyment with each other. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. She's just the wife of the president. She's not the vice president. Okay. So that might be a distinction somebody else would make. But, yeah, but they all looked at this as, yeah, you know, and their guy, you know, divorced twice, cheated on his wife, you know, the wife he was with with his next, the woman who would end up being his next wife, you know, before the divorces, <clears throat> since third marriage, the man couldn't quote a single line from the Bible. What's your favorite verse from the Bible? What's your favorite? Oh, oh I couldn't say. I couldn't say. They're all so wonderful. I, I just I just couldn't pick a verse. No, because he, he, he's not, he, he couldn't pick one not because they're all so wonderful. It's because he didn't know one. Dude, there's a verse in there. It's just two words. Jesus wept. I had a friend that I worked with that when he was going to Catholic school, he was supposed to memorize a Bible verse. So he found the two-word verse. He was supposed to stand up in front of the class and say the verse. So he stood up, gave the chapter and verse, and said, Jesus wept. And the nun that was his teacher wanted to wrap his knuckles with a, with a ruler, but she couldn't because he was following the rules. I memorized a, a, a verse from the Bible. You know, you know but the guy couldn't even come up with you know though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I shall fear no evil or something like that I don't have their exact words or he couldn't come up with and god so loved the world that he sent his only son to die in the stupid death and all this kind of shit you know again it's not the exact words but he couldn't even pull something like that out of his ass no you know why because he's never read the bible Anyway, but Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, I'm sorry, Kamala Harris, she's a hoe. And Joe, he got to go. Although Joe is far more religious, it just it's it just boggles the mind. Anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry, it just does, doesn't it? Doesn't it boggle the mind the way they pe- they could just be blind about all that stuff? It's just you know, eh, never mind, fake news. But with somebody who's somebody who's Who's Catholic? You know, and and you know goes to church, and certainly could spout some Bible verses. Maybe you know, I I don't know. I was raised Catholic. Catholics, they weren't. I my experience was that Catholics weren't all that big on let's 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 spout Bible verses. That was the evangelicals. The evangelicals love to do this Bible verse spouting. You know, they, that's what they like to do. I don't know why, but that's what they like to do. But yes. Anyway, and, and so, so okay. Suppose Kamala, Kamala Harris had pictures in her past. Vice President Kamala Harris, by the way. First woman vice president. First woman of color vice president. Suppose, first person of color vice president. Suppose she had some pictures in her past where she did some modeling and she posed nude. And some of those pictures had her posing with another model woman. Nude in, you know, an enjoyment of each other pose. Suppose that was there. The Trumpers would be losing their minds. (laughs) I just, I don't, it, uh, somebody explain it to me. But the hoe, Joe and the hoe gotta go. It's, it's on, I, it's, ugh. Sexist and racist. Oh, she's a woman, so let's insult her by being, you know, because we know ho is short for short for whore, right? We know that. And whore is generally a term uh, hurled at women. Right? And to say ho puts it into a person of color realm, doesn't it? You know, the pimps and hoes parties, which I hope aren't still a thing, seems insensitive at the very least. So, what's the pedantic moment? <laughs> what's the pedantic moment on this? Uh, we were talking about the sign, and we got to talking about, you know, how is it spelled? How do they spell ho on the sign? Well, they, they spell it with an e. H-O-E. Because it's 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 mirroring Joe. Joe J-O-E, and the ho, H-O-E, H-O-E got to go. But I, I, you know, I have seen one design where they've made the go G-O-E. But otherwise, most of them just have it G o because that's how you spell go. And and I have seen ho spelled a couple of ways. I've, I've seen it spelled H-O and H-O-E, meaning, meaning you know, whore. But uh, the common spelling I, I see is H O. Now, that leads me to my pedantic moment. And it's a quickie, really. So we're sitting there and we're trying to figure out the spelling of it. How is it spelled? And at the moment, I didn't, I, at that time, I did not know. And uh, I, although I had an inkling that it was just H O, I thought it was, yeah, that's what I thought. But I, it, I didn't know. But one of our group said uh you know he directed the question at me because well because of my my reputation for being pedantic right so he says well let's ask the pedant and he looks at me and i looked at him and said pedant (laughs) that's the pedantic moment it's pronounced pedant not pedant it's pedantry no it's not it's pedantry it's pedantic, but it's pedant. Okay, so the word. So that's just how it is. I don't make up the rules. Looked it up. Google gives you a little play this, and it'll play the word, and it's pedant, not pedant. Just to, just you know, the thing. You yeah, have you ever heard of jumping jumping worms? You ever hear of jumping worms? I've never heard of jumping worms. Apparently, they're a thing. Uh, they are an invasive, invasive species here in Minnesota. Uh, according to uh, uh, what I've uh, been finding on the internet, I, I, I found this about jumping worms. I found out about it because uh, I was looking up the, the hours that the, the compost uh, yard was gonna be open, the compost site. So we could bring my, I got a bunch of brush from the trees. I got trees on the boulevard to just drop twigs and branches like crazy. And then other stuff that we've trimmed out. And so I've had this pile of stuff in the backyard, so I brought it out today. But I I was checking what kind of hours they have. And I noticed on their site they had something about jumping worms. They're an invasive species. They call them jumping. They don't actually jump. They look like regular earthworms. But they say, you know, in Minnesota, there are no native species of earthworms in Minnesota. They're all invasive, apparently. And there's this jumping worm that looks like a regular earthworm uh, of sorts, you know, Great, you know, brownish, pinkish color with a little band around one end of it, and and it and if it gets excited or disturbed, it'll it'll wriggle and it, sometimes it looks like it's jumping, but it's yeah, it's that's what it does. So if you find these worms, kill them, kill them. <laughs> that's what they tell you to do. Uh, they can uh, the threats to uh, Minnesota for these jumping worms are they can. Um, they can dramatically change soils i'm reading from the minnesota dnr uh, page uh, giving it a unique texture similar to coffee grounds uh, jumping worms feast on mulch and strip vital nutrients from topsoil this kills plants and increases erosion homeowners may see garden plants killed and may have difficulty growing plants jumping worms can cause environmental harm where where they are established studies have found Non-native earthworms dramatically change forest soils by eating the leaf litter layer and impacting soil chemistry, soil organisms, and plant communities. Uh, Jumping worms have been shown to have similar effects. When the soil changes, the forest can't support the same plant and animal species it did before the earthworms. What should you do? You should kill the little suckers. Don't buy them. So this was like don't buy worms advertised as jumping worms, snake worms, Alabama jumpers, or crazy worms for any purpose. Uh, dispose, you know, dispose of unwanted worm uh, bait worms in the trash. Never release any worm into the environment. All earthworms are non-native to Minnesota, and so it's just I never I I never heard of a jumping worm. And this is another thing I learned about worms: they don't exactly lay eggs. They, they, what they do is, a worm is uh, hermaphroditic, so two worms will, you know, when two worms love each other, they will often want to get close to each other, and, and when they do, they do get really close to each other, they get alongside each other, they, they share this kind of mucus kind of stuff that starts to, starts to, you know, get together, and uh, sperm is released into each, each other. Because you know they have both the things, and uh, so then the eggs within the the worms get fertilized, and what the worms then do they, is they they make a cocoon that has the eggs in the cocoon, and the cocoon is left somewhere in the ground, and eventually those eggs hatch and out come the worms. I never thought about how worms have babies. <laughs> I never thought of that, uh, but finding these jumping worms was just uh, oh, uh, made me find out that this is how worms make more worms. This is a cool thing. Two bands that uh, I, I, I like have new music out. Uh, ABBA and Killing Joke. I've been using ABBA and Killing Joke songs as bumpers for this week's show. Just to... Just to clue you into what was going on there, Abba has released two singles. Uh, a song called uh, "Don't Shut Me Out," or I'm sorry, "Don't Shut Me Down," and the other song is "I Still Have Faith in You." The "Don't Shut Me Down" song is pretty good. Uh, "I Still Have Faith in You" is in you is okay. It's interesting in that um, the gals that sing in the band Agnetha and and Frieda, um, or Anna Freed, uh, the two that sing in in the band. Um, I'm not sure which one is doing the more lead vocal in that song. I think it's Frida takes a very low part in the song, which is something that uh, I'm not. The, the Abba didn't do very often. The the women didn't sing that real low register, and I wonder if that's taking advantage of the fact that they're older and their voices might might have a. Uh, lower range to them. I, I'm not sure, but really, their voices are still pretty good. It sounds like Abba. It sounds like them. The "Don't Shut Me Down" really does have that that quality to their voices. And I can't. I haven't noticed any kind of auto tune or effects going on. That's that's that feels wrong. It seems like it's their voice. Uh, And I I enjoy the song. And it does something that I don't think pop songs do too often anymore. Used to do it all the time. Pop songs used to have an intro to the song. There was something that would, you know, think of the song uh, Uh, That's Amore by um, Dean Martin. That was a big hit. And it has this, this uh, you know, this bit in the beginning where Dean's not even singing. It's the backup singer singing. In Napoli, when boy meets girl, lay off. You know, they, there's this little bit that sort of introduces the song, and then it goes into the, into the song. When the moon hits you like a big pizza bite. You know, that's, that's the thing they do. It's, there would be intros to songs. There was a lot more common uh, than, than it is today. And this ABBA song, uh, Don't Shut Me Down, has an intro. And I thought that was kind of cool. ABBA is going to be releasing an album soon, and they're going to do some kind of hologram tour. They're not actually going to have the, the, you know, they're not going to get out there. They're in their 70s. It's, it's come on, you know. Who, who rocks out in their 70s? Oh, the Who, right, yeah. <laughs> and the Rolling Stones. And, okay. Um, Killing Joke is the other band that has a new album out. It's an album called Pylon. A Killing Joke is uh uh not quite like ABBA in any way. <laughs> they're uh they're a post-punk slightly metalish band uh and they've put out a new album. Uh the lead singer for that uh, for that band has been the same fellow for the, you know, I think he writes a lot of the, most of their songs. Uh, his, his name is Jazz Coleman, and his voice—again, uh, here's a voice that is held up, a voice that sounds so much like it's always sounded. You know, it, it, he gets a growl to it, but and he's very serious. I've seen Killing Joke in concert a couple of times, and he's a very serious guy. Fun to watch. Uh, excellent band. The album is pretty good. There's a couple songs on that that, that uh, jumped out at me. One's called Big Buzz, and the other one is called I Am the Virus. I wonder if that's related to the COVID thing. But uh, they're both, you know, it's cool. It's, co- it's cool, man. The uh, the ABBA and the Killing Joke, you don't put the in front of either of those, uh, have come out with some new stuff, and that's great. Come on. I hit the button. There Good it is.
0: night, <laughs> Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher.
1: The end of another show. Uh, Be skeptical, and and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Wash your hands. Wear a mask where required. Get your vaccination. And if you have been vaccinated, thank you so much. You're doing your part to help get things back to normal. This is Jim, Dr. Dan Fitzsimmons, reminding you, well, you've been listening to DimLine Radio and Zetark Radio Network, reminding you to sleep the lights off. See you next week. Has been a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio?
0: Wow.
1: Well. Well. well, I'm going to hell. Well,